Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Tesla fights back against another media report they allege is inaccurate. A man and his son have their lives saved by their Model S. Tesla announces their second quarter deliveries and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode 49 for July 10th, 2016. My name's Ryan McCaffrey. Good to be with you once again. It is another Sunday or whatever happened day you happen to be listening. And it's uh, been a tough week for Tesla in the, in the sort of public relations uh, sense. They've been sort of taking it from a lot of different angles. Elon out there having to fight, the company out there having to fight. Uh, we're going to get to all that in a bit. I want to start it off with a little bit of good news, and that's that I'm very excited to be uh, going out. Uh, actually, after shortly after this podcast posts on Sunday, I'm going out for a test drive in a Model X. Sadly, I'm not in a position to buy one, but my cousin Pat, who I've mentioned on the show before from Arizona, who's got uh, he was an, he's been an early Model S owner, so he has a pre-autopilot car or a classic Model S, as the community likes to refer to them. Uh, he's had his eye on the X for a while. He's a very tall guy. He's got uh, kind of a bad foot, so he has a you know the, the the S is low, very low slung. It's not the easiest car for him to get in and out of, and he's got several big dogs, so he 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 likes the X for a lot of reasons. But being down in Arizona, he hasn't really had access to the X yet. Fortunately, when he comes up here to visit me, which he does uh, usually one weekend a year, we try to catch our. Uh, our sad sack Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, we're big baseball fans. We'll we'll go see them uh, for a series when they play the Giants up here in San Francisco. But uh, we're going, taking them down to Tesla. We're gonna we're gonna take the X out, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he thinks of it. And uh, I'm looking forward to spending a little time with it. You know, I've I sat in Elon's at the reveal event for 30 seconds with uh, throngs of people around. Uh, I got uh, to sit in one a little bit for a couple minutes at the Model 3 reveal event. And then if you go back to the shows over the holidays in December of 2015, I had told the story about how I randomly ran into a Founder Series car while out walking my dog. And the guy was super nice and let me uh, let me hop in the car for a minute and actually let me pull it out of his driveway. So I, I have seen the X, I've been in a little bit, but I haven't really spent any notable time in it, let alone behind the wheel. I don't even know if I'll get to drive or if it's just going to be my cousin Pat, but I'm just happy. I'll probably sit in the second row just so I can go in and out of the, <laughs> the Falcon Wing doors, but really looking forward to that. That should be a, a fun time no matter what. Uh, so that's that's going to be my big Tesla activity for the week. I will say, I bet... I'm pretty sure a lot of you are on vacation this week, uh, which I noticed that the traffic in San Francisco was very clear, which never happens uh, this past week, because uh, there, were, there were nowhere near the usual amount of, of calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. So I want to put out the call to all of you to please go ahead and call in if you want to react to all this uh, fortune uh, magazine stuff we're going to talk about this week. If you've got any other Tesla-related thoughts, questions, 
discussion topics, etc., please give a ring. It's a toll-free number that you can call or Skype 24-7 anytime, day or night. You just leave the message. And the number is 1-888-989-8752. Would love to hear from you guys so we can get uh, back to the kind of the usual bulk of calls for next week's show. We've just got a couple coming up later on in the show in the Ride the Lightning Hotline section. But let's go ahead and talk first about the what has become the big story of the week with Tesla, and that is this whole incident with Fortune magazine, where uh, effectively, so Elon has fired back at Fortune, uh, alleging a mix of improper reporting and failing to report uh, with, all, with all aspects of the investigation into the fatal autopilot-enabled crash that we talked about last week. So uh, Fortune effectively alleges that Tesla knew about the accident and intentionally failed to disclose it prior to their recent round of capital raising, which was a $2 billion stock offering. So they, they effectively are alleging... Uh, more or less of alleging fraud against Tesla and against Elon Musk. So this is obviously very serious. It prompted Elon and the team to post a blog in response, which is, of course, it's titled Misfortune. And I want to just read you a few snippets from this before commenting on it, in case you haven't read the whole thing. The whole thing is up on teslamotors.com. But so this is from Tesla's response. Again, responding to the allegation that Tesla knew about the uh, autopilot-enabled fatal crash that we discussed last week and that they intentionally failed to disclose it in order to maximize financial gain on that stock offering. And so Tesla's blog, here are a few snippets. First, Fortune's article is fundamentally incorrect skipping ahead. Fortune entirely ignores what Tesla, what Tesla knew and when, nor have they even asked the questions. Instead, they simply assume that Tesla had complete information from the moment this accident occurred. This was a physical impossibility given that the damage sustained by the Model S in the crash limited Tesla's ability to recover data from it remotely. Skip, skip, skip. When Fortune contacted Tesla for comment on this story during the July 4th holiday, Fortune never asked any of these questions and instead just made assumptions. Tesla asked Fortune to give it a day to confirm these facts before it rushed its story to print. They declined and instead ran a misleading article. Skip, skip, skip. Finally, the Fortune article makes two other false assumptions. First, they assume that this accident was caused by an autopilot failure. To be clear, this accident was the result of a semi-tractor trailer crossing both lanes of a divided highway in front of an oncoming car. Skip, skip, skip. Second, Fortune assumes that, putting all of these other problems aside, a single accident involving autopilot, regardless of how many accidents autopilot has stopped and how many lives it has saved, is material to Tesla's investors. On the day the news broke about the NHTCA's decision to initiate a preliminary evaluation into the incident, Tesla's stock traded up, not down, confirming that not only did our investors know better, but that our own internal assessment of the performance and risk profile of autopilot were in line with market expectations. Skip, skip, skip. 
The bottom line is that Fortune jumped the gun on the story before they had the facts. They then sought to wrong, uh, pardon me, they then sought wrongly to defend that position by plucking boilerplate language from SEC filings that have no bearing on what happened while failing to correct or acknowledge their original omissions and errors. The SEC filing is, uh, that they're mentioning is, uh, it actually does, it's a thing that's been in Tesla's filings for months, if not, uh, if not longer, for many quarters. Just basically, it's boilerplate material saying that, uh, you know, if, if something were to happen with one of our technologies, that we could be sued. Uh, that, that's, it's, it's standard stuff. So that's, that's what uh, Fortune has latched on to. Now, obviously, this is not a good situation. Uh, Fortune is, of course, not just a, a fly-by-night outfit. You know, they are a long-established, uh, re- what has always been a respectable organization. So this is uh, not to be taken lightly on either side. The fact that Fortune has alleged this and the fact that Tesla is defending themselves. Now, as I have said a number of times... For me, of course, I am, yes, a Tesla superfan, but Tesla has been honest in, the, in its past about its mistakes, and thus Tesla earns the benefit of the doubt from me in this. I am inclined to believe Tesla. Do I know for certain? No, we, nobody knows at this point for certain who is, who is telling the whole truth. However, again, Elon and Tesla, uh, Elon in particular, has never, if you look back, yeah, Elon Musk is a billionaire, but if you look back at his actions and his words, both of them, not just words and not just actions, both his words and his actions, he has never been a person who has lied and, or cheated or, or scammed his way to, the, to where he is. He has consistently done things on the up and up at Tesla and certainly at SpaceX, which is, uh, of course, a private company. They are not public at this time. So that is why history suggests to me that I I give Tesla the benefit of the doubt. You may not. Fortune certainly does not. But this uh, this is not a great scenario for Tesla. Now, in the wake of this autopilot fatality, autopilot enabled crash that was a fatality. Many have called for autopilot to be renamed, saying that, yeah, okay, you have to agree to all these warnings uh, in, t- in the user interface of the car before you can actually enable autopilot. But, well, autopilot implies that it's, you know, that it drives itself and that you don't need to do anything. And uh, Elon, as usual, as usual with him, countered simply with a very direct, straightforward reply. He tweeted, quote, Tesla Autopilot is named after aircraft autopilot, as it is always expected that a pilot must stay alert, end quote. Uh, however, Elon did later imply that he would consider renaming Autopilot. Later. Quote from Elon's Twitter, Uh, or rather from someone posing a question to Elon on Twitter. Will you change the system's name if when it becomes level four autonomous? To which Elon replied, quote, the Google term of self-driving would probably be more appropriate then, 
So there you go. Elon basically saying autopilot is totally properly named. It's not also autopilot. It's, I mean, it's marketing. Every car company has marketing. And a lot of times it's, I'm not saying it's, it's crap in this, in this case at all. I, again, I'm with Elon. It is what, it is the aircraft definition, but look at, like I see on the back of Subarus, they like to badge them or put stickers in the window that say, uh, <clears throat> PZEV, partial zero emissions vehicle. Well, that's, that's an utter, to me, PZEV is a, an utterly ridiculous marketing term. Partial zero emissions vehicle, that, that just, it almost, that doesn't even make sense to me because it's, it's a car that has an exhaust pipe that puts out emissions. It, it's <laughs> partial, that, that's, it just, it, again, that blows my mind, quite frankly. So, and the automotive industry is full of that kind of stuff. I got to say, though, I mean, uh, this is probably the least favorite episode of the show I've ever done, only because it's, it's just, this, this whole episode, I've, I've got more, <laughs> it's, it's just battles. And, you know, Tesla's existence, and, 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 I, and again, I want this show to be fun. I want you to listen to it and keep up with what's going on with Tesla. And, and you know, you've, you do have to take the good with the bad, true. But, you know, I want your Sunday or whenever you listen to this, uh, I want it to be a nice, fun, relaxing, enthusiastic thing. That's And not like this grim recap or this, you know, hard, but, you know, again, it's, it it's going to be what it has to be. Uh, from time to time, and and this is uh, not my favorite week for for uh, this for the podcast. But I will say that you know Tesla's existence has effectively been one long fight for Elon Musk, and he knew that going in. When you fundamentally change society, which I believe, again as a as a very public and admitted Tesla superfan. I believe that Tesla is fundamentally changing society, and that never comes easily. The past will always push back. And, you know, I don't think we'll, real, we'll all realize, fully realize, the size and scope of what Elon is doing and the battles, you know, the, 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 what the crusade he is on for decades. I don't think it's going to take a really a, a hindsight to look back and go, man, remember the 20, the 20 teens. And remember back then when Elon Musk really got Tesla off the ground and they made their first car by themselves and there was a roadster. And then man, the, the model S was this legendary car that I'm sure will still be going at that point. But uh, again, yeah, I just don't think we'll really be able to look back and appreciate what's what Elon is fighting for for decades. Uh, I think history will remember it and history will remember him because, you know, the Roadster had to prove it could even work. The Model S had to prove that Tesla could build anything on their own. There were the fires, the, you know, four battery compartment fires that no one was ever even heard in. Uh, There were the, there was the, the FUD over uh, charging speeds. So Elon made a, he said, we're going to make, we're going to make quick swap, pardon me, quick swap stations that have you in and out in 90 seconds. 
Uh, of course, they ended up not pursuing that. They they had it as a, a as a effectively a prototype, a trial, and decided not to pursue it in lieu of pursuing faster supercharging. But you know, he, he there was that battle. There was uh, let's see, there were you know he's had to fight the dealership lobbies, the state laws, uh, and now autopilot is what's under attack. This is just the latest the latest part of the battle. Now. All that being said, while I while I very much applaud Elon and Tesla for defending themselves lately, uh, I do think there does come a point where all that defending makes you look bad, even if it's unfair that you that it makes you look bad. And I'm not saying Tesla is at that point. I'm just saying that it's it's something I think to be aware of. If I'm if I'm if I were at Tesla, if I were uh, uh, if I had Elon's ear, uh, of course, if he listened to the podcast, I would in a way have his ear, but we, <laughs> I doubt he does. But, you know, because if you are just continually defending yourself and having to fight back, it almost starts to seem after long enough that you're just flailing, even though you're sticking up for yourself. You know, when, when, you're, when you're constantly defending yourself, people might start to wonder, man, why are you so defensive all the time? Uh, personally, I'd like to see Elon and the company stay quiet for a while. Let just let the great products do the talking. You know, you've got Model S that continues to shine both critically and commercially. Uh, it's looking sharper than ever with that nice little front end refresh, and it continues to you know it continues to be production constrained. Model X's production ramp is up and seemingly just about smoothed out based on the uh, delivery numbers we'll get to in a little bit. You've got, uh, and then also you've got better better builds of the Model X coming out of the factory every day. I'm seeing more and more of them around the Bay Area here, which is my sort of anecdotal way to, to see that there more and more of them are starting to hit the streets. You've got Model 3, which should be uh, to use Elon's term, pencils down right about now. The car is more or less is, is about done. Uh, you've got the Gigafactory grand opening in just a few weeks. So, so there you go. There's all that good stuff that your products are doing if you're Tesla. And I know, I know that Elon has to walk a very difficult line of looking to the future while still managing the present. Personally, I think the present with Tesla, you know, we're past the point, as I've said before on this podcast, in my opinion, we're well past the point where some one thing could go wrong and Tesla will implode and and go bankrupt and be gone. I don't think that's going to happen. So I think that the present can take care of itself for a little while, and I'd like to see Elon get back to focusing on making our futures better. So... That is my take on this. Um, we'll see what happens with Fortune, with uh, you know whether the the SEC decides to look into anything. I doubt it, but uh, again, I give the benefit of the doubt to Elon, and I do hope that he just lets the products talk for a while. That is that is what I'd like to see. Now, of course, after the autopilot fatality, the piling on begins. This is, this is inevitable. Take this absurd story, friends, in which a man 
A 63-year-old driver blamed new car smell for causing him to fall asleep behind the wheel of his new Tesla and, while not on autopilot, subsequently veer and kill a cyclist, which is awful. This is from autoblog.com. 63-year-old driver uh, Navindra Kumar Jain, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which I'm probably not, and I do apologize for that, fell asleep at the wheel while driving northbound on Highway 1 in Santa Cruz, which, of course, is not too far from San Francisco here, the Bay Area, Crossing, uh, crossed into the oncoming southbound lane, crested a small hill, and then, while doing 55 miles per hour, hit a southbound cyclist who was riding on the shoulder. The cyclist, Joshua Alper, died at the scene. Jain was driving a Tesla Model S he had bought 10 days earlier and said that the intense new car smell, which he attempted to counter with a baking soda-scented air freshener, caused him to fall asleep. I don't curse on this show. That is the biggest load of BS. I have literally in my life never heard of new car smell causing anyone to ever lose consciousness for any reason. Also, sir, you have a window. Roll it down. You have a panoramic roof. Open it. This is unbelievable. Now, the accident happened back in November, and after a three-month investigation, the Santa Cruz District Attorney has decided to charge Jain with misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter. Unfortunately, uh, the cyclist's family is suing Jain. Well, that's, that part's not unfortunate. That part's totally justified. But also suing Tesla by accusing the Model S of being, quote, defective and unreasonably dangerous when used in a normal, intended, and foreseeable manner, which is, again, utter horse poo. That is not... Good luck with that. I mean, I hope you... I hope you sue the pants off of Jain, because that's an absolute tragedy. Uh, No one should have to lose a loved one from some idiot falling asleep in his car and blaming new car smell for it. You know, it's a tragic death. Unfortunately, the second one we've talked about involving a Tesla in in as many shows. But suing Tesla on the part of the family seems rather ridiculous. And and again, for the driver, for Jain, this takes, to me, this takes failing to take responsibility for your own actions to to an absurd new low, a new low you should be ashamed of yourself, as far as I'm concerned. Unbelievable. Uh, so that's a shame. I mean, we, uh, a life lost and a, and a driver who is blaming, a, blaming the safest car in the world for that death. It's unbelievable. And then, unfortunately, uh, we're not done, folks. There's this accident. Uh, a Model X in Pennsylvania on the Pennsylvania Turnpike managed to roll over after hitting a guardrail in the concrete median. Uh, the Tesla is investigating this. Oh, by the way, the driver, sorry, I beg to back up a second. The driver claims, claims that autopilot was on at the time of the crash. Tesla saying, quote, 
We received an automated alert from this vehicle on July 1st, indicating airbag deployment, but logs containing detailed information on the state of the vehicle controls at the time of the collision were never received. This is consistent with damage of the severity reported in the press, in other words, the rollover, which can cause the antenna to fail. As we do with all crash events, we immediately reached out to the customer to confirm they were okay and offer support, but were unable to reach him. We have since attempted to contact the customer three times by phone without success. Based on the information we have now, there's the important, based on the information we have now, we have no reason to believe that autopilot had anything to do with this accident. Now, while I'm happy to hear that the car's two occupants are okay, that's good news. We don't need any more people dying. Uh, I'm, I am willing to bet that we'll learn that autopilot was absolutely not on at the time of this crash. Uh, I suspect that this guy, uh, probably this, this driver probably saw the autopilot crash in the news and said, oh, I've got an out here. Uh, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say that because I don't. I don't know this. I don't know the driver. I don't know the facts. But it's it smells a little fishy to me. Tesla already saying that they have no indications. They have no reason to believe that autopilot was activated. So uh, we'll see what becomes of this one. But by the way, rolling a Model X—that's kind of impressive. That's actually super impressive, given the weight of the car which is about 5,500 pounds, uh, or, well, 5,500, somewhere in there. And, no, 5,000, that's right, I should, that's right. And uh, the fact that the center of gravity, you know, the, the, the weight of the car, the center of gravity is super low. It's in the floor. It's in the battery pan. So to roll an X, pretty impressive. Uh, and they, <laughs> the driver walked away. So there you go. All right, let's move on to uh, a couple more things. The news is going to get a little progressively better. I've got, we've got this next story and then finally some good news to end with. So, uh, second quarter deliveries were announced by Tesla over the July 4th weekend, and they did miss their guidance, which, of course, Wall Street's never happy about. They, uh, Tesla announced, quote, in total... Uh, 5,150 customer-ordered vehicles were still in transit at the end of the quarter and will be delivered in early Q3. That amount was higher than expected, uh, and Tesla cites that there were just over 2,600 vehicles in transit to customers at the end of Q1, so this is double that. Uh, still, it's worth noting production was a 20 was at a 20% increase over the first quarter, and they're at about 2,000 cars produced per week now, tracking towards a 10% gain on that, uh, 2,200 a week in Q3, and they're tracking towards 2,400 a week in Q4. Uh, quote from Tesla's announcement here, in total, Tesla expects to produce and deliver about 50,000 vehicles during the second half of 2016, in other words, Q3 and Q4, approximately equal to all of 2015. So that is good news there, that even though the deliveries were a bit down from their guidance, they appear to be pretty well right on track. The, the ramp's looking good. Um, I, I, just purely guess, guessing here, uh, 
I wonder, there's, so there's no deeper reason cited for why there were twice as many cars in transit at the, at the end of this quarter as there were at the end of the last one. But I wonder if it was Model X's that took longer, you know, that were stuck in QA for a while, stuck at the service centers getting getting uh, fixed up before being delivered. Because we know, you know, that, that, that the X has been, uh, you know, a little spending, they've been not getting them, getting them into customers' hands as, as quickly as they'd like because they've had to do, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, little bits and pieces to the, the X's uh, as they've, after they've come out of the factory. And that's, that's where the whole thing about the better, you know, the, the more perfect X builds have been coming out of the factory more consistently now. So I wonder if, if that is what's to explain for this here. Uh, the, the mix of cars, by the way, was about two thirds S's to one third X. Now I do wonder if that ratio is going to continue to even out because of course, remember at one point before the X delivered, before the X was released, it was looking like the, I mean, the projection was it was going to be 50, 50 that for every S there was an X. Uh, and that you know they, they anticipated the demand of the X as a you know as an SUV being and SUVs being in, extraordinarily popular in, in America in particular that the the demand might be equal to that of the S. So I wonder if that uh, if that two thirds one third mix is going to hold or if it is going to even out a bit more over time as that uh, as their production ramp continues to increase. All right, finally, on to some good news. Unfortunately, it involves another accident, but this one uh, is, is, has a much happier ending to it. It doesn't involve any lawsuits, any deaths, uh, any accusations. So a truck, this is over in Europe, in the Netherlands specifically, a truck hit a Model S at 80 miles per hour. It was being driven by a man and his eight-year-old son. The, the collision caused the S to roll over, possibly multiple times, which, again, just like the X I mentioned a minute ago, not an easy thing to do, given, again, I mean, the, S, the S's center of gravity is even lower than the X's is. Uh, and, again, all that weight in the floor, in that battery pan, that center of gravity. But the driver and his 8-year-old son, they not only lived, but they only sustained minor injuries for a being struck at 80 miles per hour, and I did, by the way, that is 80 miles per hour, not kilometers per hour. Uh, I had already done the conversion. So uh, it's the fact that they walked away with minor injuries is, is incredible after being crushed at 80 and potentially multiple rollovers. That's, that's incredible. Uh, and by the way, if you look at the photos of this, which the photos of the, the accident, the, the crash scene, you can see shots of the car. Uh, I saw them on Electrek. If you look at the photos, the car is practically a pancake. It's absolutely amazing to survive, to not only survive such a high-speed impact, but to just walk away with bumps, bumps and bruises. That's incredible. And by the way, if, if you ever want to read... So uh, more amazing life-saving stories that involve Teslas, and, and uh, you can read their. You know, this is a just a, a reported story. You can read firsthand accounts 
on Tesla's site, if you go to the customer stories section, there's a bunch of them and they're all, they're all wonderful to read. They're just uh, all such, you know, heartwarming stories and, and just really, I, I've, I always go on those customer stories. Whenever there's a new one, I like to read it or get caught up. If you go, if you're just on the Tesla homepage, click on updates at the top and then you'll see, uh, near the top again, you'll see, uh, some more clickable spots, including customer stories. So just take a look at that if, uh, if you want to read some more. So uh, that's it for the news for this week. I'd like, to, I'd like to humbly request to the Tesla gods out there, can we please have some, get back to having some good, fun news next week? Again, I, you know, I don't want this podcast to be sad or depressing to listen to. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, is the, it is kind of necessary to have that balance in the force, as it were. You know, it can't all be all rah-rah enthusiasm all the time or else that starts to ring hollow. You know, you do need that balance of, of both the good and the bad. But, boy, after this week, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get back to some, some fun, enthusiastic good news. So, hopefully, we'll see if the Tesla gods oblige me. And on that note, let me come right back. Just a couple of calls for you in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. Welcome once again to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Again, uh, definitely need to be restocked on the hotline. Would love to hear from you. You're, if you've got reactions to this fortune thing, you still want to chime in on the Solar City situation. If you want to chime in on the, uh, you know, the autopilot fatality or, or the, any of these other accidents I talked about this week, anything that's on your mind, good, bad, ugly. Uh, if it's intelligent discussion, I think I would. I mean, I would absolutely love to hear it. That's uh, part of what this podcast is for. Uh, that's what the hotline is for, is to get, get you guys involved. And I think that's a very valuable thing for this podcast. So uh, I've got two calls and actually an email from someone that uh, just wanted to, to write in rather than call in. But before we do that, I remind you, the Ride the Lightning hotline is kindly provided by lifeonrecord.com. And I will read you their plug now. You probably know it by heart. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, call me up. Uh, the number you know is one 888-989-8752. That's a toll-free call or Skype. 1-888-989-8752. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you're curious to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. First up, I'll do the letter, which is from Mitch up in Marin County, not too far from me here. Uh, he, wanted to, he wrote in in response to the proposed Solar City acquisition on Tesla's part, saying, quote, So in my opinion, all of the people posting that this is a lousy deal could be correct, but I think it makes a lot more sense to bet on Elon, based both on his track record and the fact that he knows much more about the reasons for doing this acquisition than any of his critics. Mitch, I think you are, uh, I'm with you on that. I, I'm completely with you in the bet on Elon sense. I mean, it goes, 
It goes back to uh, that belief, that faith in, in Elon Musk being the smartest guy in the room and being a noble guy, a guy who, as I said earlier in the show, is not out there looking for the, the quickest buck he can. Uh, he may be rich beyond any of our wildest dreams, but he is, he is on a noble path. His quest is to accelerate the advent of sustainable transport. And he is getting rich doing that because he's building an incredible product that everyone wants. But uh, I agree with you. You know, betting on Elon is, uh, I do it as well. I abs- I'm right there with you, Mitch. So thank you for writing in. Now, a uh, couple of calls. Let's go to Walter from Vancouver Island, who has a comment on the autopilot-related uh, fatality that uh, we talked about last week. He sees three key issues to discuss, to, uh, to sort of take note of here. So, Walter, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Walter from uh, Vancouver Island, Canada. I just wanted to comment on uh, this accident that happened in Florida where uh, we have a first fatality in an autopiloted vehicle. Um, I, I see three uh, key uh, triggers to this. The truck driver was making a left-hand turn across traffic, and it was, up, it was his responsibility to not proceed until it was safe. And it doesn't matter if the oncoming traffic is driving um, above the speed limit or not. The truck driver's responsibility is to proceed across somebody else's lane uh, when it's safe to do so. The uh, Model S obviously wasn't paying attention because uh, your driving instruction when you first get your driver's license stipulates that when you come to an intersection and uh, or another situation where uh, there's the possibility of uh, an accident, that you are to cover the brake pedal. You don't have to apply it. You just have to have your foot on it. <clears throat> this reduces your reaction time. And the fact that the driver never applied the brakes, according to the reports we've heard, and the fact that he hit the truck uh, at a high rate of speed, at an extremely high rate of speed, which was probably highway speed. We don't know the full details, but he obviously wasn't paying attention to the to the intersection. Um, whether he was distracted using a cell phone, distracted watching um, a video has been subject of some conversations. Uh, in the end, he obviously was not paying attention to the truck that was crossing in front of him. My third issue is uh, in the recent few weeks to months, there's been a few instances of Model S's hitting stationary objects. We had a Model S over in Europe that uh, rear-ended a commercial van that was uh, on the side of the road disabled. We've had a Model S that was summoned into the back of a uh, truck with a load of metal or whatever it had and hit the windshield. And there's been a few examples of uh, Model S owners on YouTube demonstrating the limitations of the autopilot system and its braking ability. And it keeps coming back to uh, everyone saying that in the owner's manual, it stipulates that the driver must be in control, the driver must brake, the car is not designed to emergency stop in certain situations. And I feel like Tesla should have had this as a top priority in software updates that they uh, may have brushed it off with that 
clause in the owner's manual in this instance. And um, I feel like they had ample time to try to improve it. And uh, maybe they were a little more concerned with other issues like doors on the Model X and not necessarily on this uh, feature of autopilot that seems to be lacking. And every single day, the amount of driving on autopilot being 100,000 miles or whatever they're stating per day is uh, a whole lot of miles where an incident is just a turn or a highway away. So I think there's three parties kind of at fault here. And uh, when it comes to an accident, there's always many links. And one of those links breaks, there's other safety nets. And it feels feels like to me that there was three problems here. But I would put more blame towards the truck driver that crossed oncoming traffic lane. Um, regardless of the situation, he he was supposed to proceed when it was safe. And um, he wasn't able to get across the highway before he got hit. So I would put my blame more so towards the truck driver, but there was definitely three uh, factors to this accident. Thanks. Uh, enjoy your podcast. And I know this will be a conversation this weekend. So thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for your detailed comments there, Walter. I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, one thing to add uh, that, that actually may have taken place since you left your voicemail, uh, the Florida police now say that the laptop and portable DVD player found in the car, you remember that the, uh, the truck driver, when he came over, claimed that the driver was watching Harry Potter Though he admitted he did not see the film running on the portable DVD player, he claims that he heard it. So the Florida police say that the laptop and portable DVD player found in the car were not on. So it seems as though the driver wasn't watching Harry Potter. Now, it's still very possible he could have been speeding. And we, we you know, the... The truck driver seems to be very much, uh, there's a very good chance he's very in the wrong here, which, Walter, you mentioned. So uh, this continues to unfold, but there's uh, one, little, one little extra detail that is, that is a relevant and important detail about that, about that portable DVD player. And next, I want to go to Jim in Chicago, who calls in regarding the uh, disappearing California state EV rebate that I mentioned one or two shows back. So, Jim, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is uh, Jim in Chicago calling about the uh, recent uh, news about the rebate uh, going away in California. I can definitely say that I feel your pain. Uh, as someone who owns a uh, 2012 Chevy Volt right now, and I was aspiring to uh, get a Model 3 Tesla, uh, I can tell you it definitely made uh, my decision <clears throat> a lot easier. Uh, having those rebates available when I bought my Chevy and looking forward to having them available when uh, the Model 3 came around. Unfortunately, uh, I think uh, it's going to have a bit of a chilling effect unless our governments, uh, federal and uh, local, double down uh, on the purchase of electric vehicles. Uh, the $7,500 rebate or uh, tax incentive from the federal government, that definitely uh, makes a big difference for someone uh, looking to purchase a Model 3. And if you're not in those first 200000 uh, you're not going to have that available unless that's extended. So hopefully that gets extended. And like I said, in Illinois last year, we had something similar 
where we had a very generous rebate uh, of 10% of the vehicle's cost up to uh, $40,000. So anything over 40 would have been a $4,000 rebate, which definitely would have made a huge difference in purchasing a, a Model 3. Uh, so, yeah, feel your pain. Hopefully, uh, you know, those rebates come back and uh, those federal uh, incentives get extended or else I could see uh, it definitely having a slowing effect uh, on the purchase of vehicles. Love your show. Thanks a lot. Bye. Well, Jim, just to be clear, this is a California state rebate and, uh, you know, not applicable everywhere, obviously. But fortunately, the governor, as I did, I think I mentioned at the time I did the story, the governor has expressed, Jerry Brown, has expressed an interest in renewing this, uh, this rebate. So all is not lost for California just yet. Uh, but I, if I were you, I mean, I, I think the smart play, the smart financial planning play uh, with regard to your Model 3 and my Model 3, uh, at least, uh, let's put this way, the way I'm looking at it, the way I'm, I won't, I won't pretend to know what's best for anybody else, but I am planning for these incentives to not be there when I buy my Model 3. If I get the federal rebate, great. That'll be amazing, and that will hopefully, will probably enable me to get some more options on the car. But, I'm also, and I'm also not planning on the California $2,500 rebate being there, because currently it's not there. I would love for it to be there, because uh, that would be a total of $10,000 back for me being here in California, if I can get both, which would be just huge. That, that's a, that's just a, that's a, that's a transformative amount of money with regard to my, well, for anything, but certainly for my Model 3 purchase. But it's possible that I might get zero back. It, it, I know that that is totally in play. This is between zero and $10,000, or could be somewhere in between, but, um, that's the way I'm looking at it, is just not expecting any of these incentives to be there. And if I get anything, I'm looking at it as a bonus. Thank you uh, to the callers this week, to Walter, to Jim, and for Mitch uh, up in Marin County for writing in. Again, give me a ring anytime with whatever Tesla thought is on your mind. Try to keep it to about a minute, minute and a half tops. That's uh, what makes the show flow best. And that toll-free number, again, you can call or Skype. The number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. All right. I want to thank everybody who has uh, contributed to the podcast Patreon. We've got the first month is done already. It's already been one month. So I just uh, cannot thank all of you, uh, all of you patrons from the bottom of my heart. It really means a lot as I, I strive toward that Model 3 goal. I already took that first month's uh, pledges and I put that money right into my uh, Model 3, my Tesla fund. So thank you all so much. If you, if you do enjoy the show and you, you uh, appreciate the, the time and effort and work that goes into it, I would love it if you would consider pledging a little bit uh, to the podcast. Just take a look at the site. That's all I ask. It's uh, patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. 
Uh, there are various tiers there if, uh, that you'll get. There are certain little rewards for, for backing it at various levels. Anyway, uh, the last chance, this is the last call for the current Tesla referral program. We've got all five referrals for our friend Joe Willett in Michigan and one from Peter, from our friend Peter Kiersgaard in, uh, over in Europe. And so this is the last call. The program ends on the 15th of July. So you'd pretty much just have to buy an inventory car. But hey, if you do, get yourself $1,000 off by giving them this code. It's uh, ts.la slash peter6387. Um, if you're just, yeah, so just use that in your browser or give it to your, uh, to your sales rep. And uh, you get yourself a thousand bucks off your new Tesla, whether it's an S or an X. And, uh, and we'll get Peter some prizes and we'll get me another chance, one more chance to, uh, to try and win that Model X. So uh, follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can find me from uh, Monday through Friday on IGN.com, the world's largest video game website. I'm covering all kinds of stuff there, whether it's uh, doing our Xbox podcast, the unfiltered monthly interview series, just day-to-day previews, reviews, features, etc. That is where you can find me. Teslarati.com, Gene and the crew there. Love you guys. Appreciate your support of the podcast each and every week. Uh, Dave T and his weekly Tesla newsletter. I love it every single Friday morning that it hits my my, uh, email box. Sign up for that for free at teslaweekly.com. You can subscribe to this podcast, as many of you probably already do, but it's uh, via iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just go straight to the RSS feed or listen right on the website, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. And of course, now I would like to thank all of my Patreon producers. I did switch the the, uh, tier thing, which actually I don't know if I updated this, but whatever. I'm going to read everybody's names again. Uh, It's Jeff Bartram, Wolfgang Obergen, David Brander, Andrew Evans, Greg Miller, Anthony Coleman, Mac Harris, Ralph Weiss, Mick Nelson, Robert Baptista, Chris Bayall, Magnus Mostrom, Mike Ryleford, Jason Trimble, Andrew Valderas, Greg Canessa, Nick Hoffman, Adrian Alston, Chance Carter, John Wendell, Chris Oakley, Lawton from Chicago, Jason Dignard, Will, uh, pardon me, Will Caldwell, John Lee Claire, DJ, and George Cassiopo. Thank you all so much for your uh, producer-level pledge to the Patreon, and thank all of you for listening. Again, uh, without you, there is... Uh, I'm not even here. I would just be talking into, the, into my walls of my home, or to Maggie the Boxer over on the couch right now, who's currently sleeping. I think even... I don't even know if, if she's tired of me talking about Tesla, but I appreciate you guys listening and calling in and uh, really making this just such a fun thing for me to do each and every week. Uh, Thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back here in a week's time.